welcome to Morning Tea, a podcast journey where we delve into anything that has me stirring my cup of thought. I am currently drinking a peach and pineapple tea, which is amazing because I can drink it hot or cold. And I'm drinking it from a mug that I got from my friends Jess and Trav a few Christmases ago. And is it self-absorbed? I don't know. It has my name on it. And I love that about this. I love drinking out of a mug that has my name on it. I don't know. That might speak volumes about me. (laughs) So at the moment, I felt like everybody is traveling. A lot of my friends are going on trips overseas, and I am genuinely a little bit envious. I haven't gone on an overseas trip yet this year. I love traveling. I love seeing new places. I love having new experiences. I especially love partaking in a new cultural environment. I love that. I love seeing like cultural aspects that are different from the places that I live. But my big thing is trying new food. Nothing makes me happier than going to a new country and just trying all the food. (laughs) Because there is so much good food in this world. And while I love having these experiences, being someone that struggles with severe anxiety makes this a little bit difficult. Now, I don't let it stop me from having the experiences, but it can make it a little bit of a struggle sometimes. The big thing is the traveling to another country, AKA the travel anxiety. (laughs) Um, I'm sure that I can vouch for most people who struggle with anxiety when I say that airports are literally a nightmare for anyone that has anxiety. It's so overstimulating and it has the sort of buzz about it that automatically makes you feel stressed. You know that one that I'm talking about? It just is chaotic energy around. It's full of people. There are multiple things that you need to be doing. There are a lot going on. There's like voices yelling out over the intercoms. People are rushing everywhere. People are feeling stressed and anxious. Things could go wrong. And if you're anything like me, your brain starts working overtime. And next thing you know, you're a mess at the airport. (laughs) Then you get on the plane. And if you have a fear of flying, then that just kind of adds to it. And it's just one more thing to stress about. Despite all of this, I still go through it because I want to see places. I need to travel, guys. Sometimes it's a necessity, sometimes it's a desire, but you know, eventually you're going to have to go to an airport or, or not. But for me, I do enjoy traveling, so I force myself to go through the motions of that. I've flown a lot. I moved around a lot when I was a kid and they were big overseas trips, and I visited overseas a lot, and as I got older, I started taking trips overseas. And as I got older, the anxiety got worse. Over the last three years, I've started doing solo trips 
overseas. And through that experience, I have been able to come up with a sort of travel anxiety plan. And I thought I would share that with you guys. It's basically the steps that I take leading up to the airport visit, what I would do at the airport, what I do do at the airport, sorry, and then kind of what I do on the plane because I do have a fear of flying. So those are just the steps that I take. Um, the biggest advice to start off with that I could give anyone that is traveling with travel anxiety is to be prepared. And this is going to help a lot. And I don't mean just like be prepared. You're going to have anxiety when you get to the airport. I mean like you're, you need to have everything sort of in order before you go to the airport. So the first thing that I always make sure to do is have all of my travel plans in order. So this is things like your travel documents. Like you need these things anyways. Being extra on top of it makes traveling with travel anxiety so much more. Have a little folder with all of your documents. If you need visas, make sure that you have the visas. Everything all put together in one place. Another thing that can help alleviate some of that stress in terms of planning is having your actual trip semi-planned out. That way you know that you're going on a trip, you're not going on, on this trip blind, you know kind of I'm not saying like you need an every five minute schedule for your trip if that helps please feel free to do that but just like a general itinerary um me and my husband we always sort of have like a rough idea of what we're going to do each day it makes me feel excited which kind of pushes me to get through the anxiety of traveling but also is a way for me to be like right on this day we're gonna do this and that's exciting and also helps me know that I know what I'm doing when I get there and there's just some sort of structure when you have travel anxiety the best thing for you to do is create a lot of structure for yourself that way you just feel a little bit more secure a little bit more safe so jump forward got all of my stuff packed um, I mean, not all my stuff packed. I've got all my stuff planned. Everything's ready to go. Usually the night before, um, really the day before we travel anywhere, I spend that time packing. I'm telling you now, if unless it is a necessity and you've just ran, somebody has, I don't know, passed away or something and you have to be there on that day, do not leave your packing to the, for the day of. That trip. I think that's just common sense for anybody with travel anxiety to not pack the day of. <laughs> um, I always pack the, the day before. I'll just take my time, fill up my suitcase, make sure that we have everything that we need, and just kind of make a day of it. Usually it'll start in the morning of the trip. I know that not everybody has the leisure of being able to pack a day, bef day of day before the trip yep day before the trip like a full day but that's kind of what I do because usually we go on big trips overseas so I will pack the day before take my time pack clothes pack the electronics 
pack the stuff. I can't think of anything else I usually pack. Like, you know, like the toiletries, you know, you know, the stuff that you pack. And I always make sure that in the front pocket goes all the important documents of my carry-on. We stopped using the roller carry-ons and we've just invested in travel bags, like backpacks, because they just work better. It removes like stress of having your you have your hands free and it's a little bit easier in the airport just in case you know it's just it's just easier for us so i would recommend uh using a backpack as a carry-on versus one of the little trundler ones i mean that's just me and then i usually stick all the important documents in the front pocket of it zip that up and i know where they are at all times um I mean, if you really needed to, pack two nights ahead. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you need as much preparation as before. Usually, we have a general idea of things that we're missing from our luggage, and so we'll get that a little bit before, but uh, we're usually really good at planning these sorts of things. So, yeah, pack everything the night before. And then, just before you go to bed that night, just... Do a double check of everything. I know, it sounds excessive to anybody that doesn't have travel anxiety, but trust me, I recheck my luggage maybe four or five times before we've left for the airport. It's just an ease of mind thing. Like, I know exactly where my, air, my, my passport is. I've left my passport in the same place that it's been for the last three hours in the front pocket of my bag, but I'm still gonna go back and recheck it. I'm gonna recheck it like six, seven times but it just helps. If you need to check, just check. Just do a little recheck. And the next following day, I will get up and I'll do another check. <laughs> I'll just check, check, check. And once I've done all my checks and we're ready to go to the airport, we'll head over to the airport. And now this I feel like is one of the most important things if you have travel anxiety this is like the biggest thing that I could stress to you go to the airport three hours ahead of time now I know that the stock standard answer is like like an hour and a half before your flight I'm telling you to double that every time we've flown overseas we have arrived at the airport three hours ahead of time and that sounds like so much time but I'm going to tell you now that it, if I can scrap everything else, if you don't want to do anything I say, I'm telling you now to go to the airport three hours ahead of time. The queues are not even open usually for you to check in your luggage. That's how early three hours ahead of time is. You're going to do a little bit of waiting, but it's going to help so much. One of the best things I've ever done is started going to the airport three hours ahead of time. Usually I will go in and I'll be just kind of looking around. We'll wait, you know, at the airline's booth. Like it usually is roped off. You can't even check in. There's usually people not at the desks yet, but it lifts a sort of burden. And I think it's the stress that comes from being late and possibly missing your flight. If you're three hours beforehand, not only do you know that you're there, you're there already. So that check that off of your anxiety list. The next thing is also it gives you time if something were to go wrong or something were to happen 
at the airport. For example, if let's say that, you know, something's gone wrong with your luggage or, you know, you need to sort through all of that at the, um, at the desk before you can check it in. You've got so much time. You've got plenty of time to do that. That's the part of the reason why, because it gives you some space, some time space to be able to sort out anything and still have lots of time. So you're not rushing to the gate. Like we've been stopped a few times and we just haven't stressed about it because we're there three hours early. We're always one of the first people in the lines to check in our luggage. And it's great. Could not recommend. Even if you don't have travel anxiety, I recommend going three hours earlier. It, it makes you feel great. Yes, you're there for a long time, but it's not the worst thing ever. I would rather be there three hours early than be one of the people that's running to the gate. Because I can tell you now that would not end well. The next step is very specific for traveling with someone. If you're traveling with someone, I highly recommend that you talk with them about going at your pace. The best thing that has happened for me and my husband is me kind of taking charge of like the airport flow, if that makes sense. So we kind of just go at my pace. He just kind of follows me around <laughs> and it does help a lot. I think that the pressure of following, chasing somebody around the airport can be a bit rough. It's just like the small thing. So usually we'll walk around. I'll be the one that kind of leads us around the airport a little bit. And we just kind of walk at my pace. It just keeps things going calm and allows you to have control of certain things while you're at the airport. The next thing, just like simple advice, this one kind of goes out to everybody because it, it just makes it smoother and this is common sense, but I'm just gonna tell you anyways, when you're going through the security checks, before you've actually gone through the security checks, make sure that everything that you need to take out of your bag during security checks is there, if that makes sense, like in one's place. So usually the stuff that they're going to ask you to take out are like your little bag of liquidy liquids, your liquidy, your little bag of liquids, um, any laptops, any la electronic stuff, you're going to put them into the little trays and push it through to the x-ray machine. And I always put my laptop somewhere where it's easily accessible. It just makes it a lot easier. Everybody should be doing this. I don't know how many times I've seen people like fumbling because they've buried like their laptop deep in their bag and just slows down the line. And make, if you already have anxiety, that's going to make you feel worse. So it's once again, being prepared. So making sure that everything's in one spot so you can pull it out really easily and then put it straight back into your bag and you're done. <laughs> it helps so much. It's very, very helpful to be prepared. Once I've made it through security, I always feel a bit better. I think that the initial stage of getting to the airport and then getting through security is so stressful. Once that's over, it does feel a lot better. However, I kind of get it all the way through, mainly because all of that kind of sets me at a really high stress level. And so my anxiety is usually like way far gone. Now it's a lot better. And I've also got a fear of flying. So 
I kind of don't feel 100% until maybe halfway through us being in the air. So what I usually do is if I'm having kind of a rough time at the airport, maybe something stressful happened beforehand, I will usually pop in some headphones and listen to music while I walk around to the airport, usually something kind of calm. Um, the reason I do this is it keeps out the noise. It's just a lot of stuff happening at the airport still. And while I'm looking for my gate or whatever, it's nice to just have music playing, you know? The other thing that I do is, and this is kind of a weird one, but I do it for my own personal benefit. I It really works with me, so I'm sharing it with you. It's kind of a weird one. But always buy a few snacks and or a drink for the flight. Now, I know this stuff is expensive at the airport. And this probably is like a weird tip. But I always buy... I always buy snacks and stuff before the flight because it keeps me distracted. Because we're there early, usually we've got quite a bit of time before. And then I start working myself up about the flight. And the best thing for me to do is kind of browse through. So I'll go look in like maybe three, four shops and kind of decide then what I want to take on the flight. So I'll get those things. And that kind of makes me happy because I've got like a few little treats to take with me on the flight. Is that weird? I don't know. Is that a, even a good tip? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's a good tip or not, but it works for me. So I thought I would share it. And then just go find your gate or like New Zealand's got a, not a massive, I would say it's a relatively small international airport. So we don't really worry too much about finding our gate. But if you're in somewhere bigger, like uh, Singapore airport, it's quite big. The, we went to the Qatar one. Qatar one's quite big. You know, LAX is huge. So any airport that's really big and you don't know your way around very well does help to be at the gate. Like, go find your gate. Kind of figure that stuff out before you go buy your treats and stuff like that. The New Zealand one I know quite easily, so I usually just do the shopping and then find my gate later. Once you're at your gate, just just chill out. <laughs> just chill out if you can. It's really hard for me. Usually, um, at this point, I usually will play on my phone. Usually, I'll listen to music at the gate just to like calm me down. I'll talk to my husband about just random stuff. Um, I do vlogging as well, so usually I'll try and keep myself distracted by trying to get shots of like airplanes and stuff it keeps me very occupied and then once I'm in the plane I find my seat I sit down make sure that everything's ready for takeoff put my own earphones in and I listen to a podcast and I know that they have the screens and stuff but for some reason that doesn't work for me very well in terms of takeoff anxiety so what I usually do is I put a podcast in because I tend to hyperventilate a little bit before, before the takeoff. So what I usually do to help alleviate that a little bit is by having some music. I mean, 
by having a podcast going on in my ears. I think it's just hearing somebody talk and they're talking about stuff that I want to listen to and it's just, I can get really lost in a good podcast. I mean, if you are going to listen to a takeoff podcast while you're about to fly and you're feeling nervous, might I suggest, I don't know, the morning tea podcast. <laughs> just, you know, just just a thought. Now, I've, I've been told, I haven't done this tip, but I have been told that another way to cope with the anxiety of flying is by talking to the air hostess, like the flight attendant. I've never done that because to be quite honest, my anxiety would never let me ask for that, if that makes sense. Like I, I would not be brave enough to tell the flight attendant that. Yeah, I don't think I would be brave enough, but I have been told that it is helpful. If you're wondering what you could say, I don't know, you could say something like, ah, excuse me, I have anxiety, and I've been told that telling an air hostess helps. Or something. I've, ne I've never done it, but I heard that is something. So that's something you could also do. Just letting the flight attendants know that you're really nervous about flying, and that could help. Maybe I'll try it sometime. I don't know. Talking to people is scary. <laughs> now, flying and going to the airport with travel anxiety is not always smooth sailing. These tips are not always going to 100% work. They don't always 100% work for me. In general, they do. There's certain ones like getting to the airport three hours early. That That is never a bad thing. Always do it. But there are some things like taking control of, like if you're traveling with your partner, taking control of the flow of the airport and being like, I'm going to be the one that hands in the passports. Like, you know, I'm going to be in charge because that helps me feel like I have a bit of control for the trip. Doesn't always work. I, let's see, last year... My husband and I, we went to Europe and it was great. I had everything planned. Everything was all good in the hood, ready to go to the airport. We got to the airport three hours early. We waited in the queue. We were one of the first people in line and we get up to the flight desk and I'm like, right, I can do it. Hand in the passports. I'm like, hi, handed her the passports. Everything was good. She started weighing the bags and... <laughs> The bags, I think our carry-on bags were too heavy or something like that. Anyways, there was something about the weight of our luggage. And so she was like, oh, they're not the right weight for the carry-on. Oh, because we had two carry-on bags and we were only supposed to have one because our backpacks were heavy. So they counted as a carry-on. So we needed to shift the weight around. I think that's what happened. To be honest... I froze and I started freaking out a little bit. Like it was totally fine. Like all we had to do was just take some stuff out of our backpacks and put them into the check-in luggage. That's all we had to do. Like it wasn't a big deal. 
but my brain, I'm sure that if you looked at me, you could see just like a bzz, bzz, like a little fizzle of my brain being like, this wasn't part of the plan. I'm freaking out. I don't know how to cope. Like, that's what happens. <laughs> but I'm like, I cannot compute. I cannot deal with this. I'm, uh, I'm freaking out. And, and then my husband just saw me, like my brain fizzing out. And he's like, oh, this obviously isn't working, so he stepped in. But yeah, it was definitely an experience. And from the rest of the rest of the airport trip, I, I my my tips worked fine, and my my steps that I take throughout it were fine. It was just that one little hiccup, and I had to keep reminding myself that it's stuff is going to happen, and you just got to roll with the punches. And I'm gonna have to deal with things as they come. On a side note, when we were going on that trip to Europe, that flight that we went on, because we flew from New Zealand to Qatar, then from Qatar to London, and the flight from New Zealand to Qatar was considered the longest international flight at the time. I don't know if it still is. It's like a 16-hour flight. That flight was an absolute killer. Oh my gosh, I could not believe now i've flown domestic uh, domestically i've flown internationally a ton i'm used to long-haul flights we live in new zealand you're literally gonna have to do long haul to go basically anywhere because we're just in the middle of nowhere the shortest flights internationally we can go to is australia it's like a four or five hour flight but everywhere else is 10 plus most places that at least i like going to <laughs> And, um, but yeah, that flight was an absolute shocker. It was insanely long. And not only that, but that was just a stopover. Because from Qatar, we flew another, like, five, six hours. I don't remember exactly. It was, it was more than a few hours long, for sure. Flight from Qatar to London. It was just, I, for one... Me and my husband both flown long hauls before, but that was the first time our legs got so swollen and like everybody on the flight, like everyone was getting swollen. Our friend who also traveled to England, not on the same flight as us, but just before and also flew the same one to Qatar, also ended up with really swollen legs. It's just so long and it just, I don't know how how effective it is doing that in economy like it was just so you know like economies like this like I'm a small person but that long haul flight like economy just wasn't working for me so if I do that flight again it would be great to do a business class because I needed to like lay down <laughs> with something but it was insane it was an interesting flight I would say though if you are flying from New Zealand to Qatar Ever. or even just something like that like a, just a ridiculously long flight and you have a stopover I highly recommend buying lounge access because the lounge access saved our lives we arrived at Qatar I've never felt more gross on a flight before like I came out and I was like I just feel gross I feel dirty I need to like sleep and shower and my legs feel like they were so swollen and it took me like 
a good three days into my trip for them to go down. They were just so like painfully swollen. We got lounge access and guitar. It was great. There was food. More importantly, there was a shower. Now the showers, on a side, side note, <laughs> the showers were really interesting because me and my husband had completely different experiences at the showers. When my husband walked in, it was basically like they laid out a red carpet. The guy's like, hello, sir. Here, let me do this and this for you. Oh, welcome. Whoosh. Here, let me bathe you in all of this glory. I don't know. He just had like a wonderful time in the shower. And I was like, what? I didn't get that experience. I literally went into the girl's shower. There was a girl that was there. She just, I was like, is the shower free? And she's like, yep. That was it. That, that was my experience with the, the bathroom gatekeeper to the shower. I don't know what to call her. The bathroom assistant. And my husband had a great conversation with the bathroom assistant in his bathroom and gave him nice things to use. And I was like, it's fine. I felt gross. I just wanted a shower. But still, I felt a bit sad. <laughs> I didn't feel sad. I was like, that's really interesting. Completely different experiences. And there was some food. It was great. So yeah, Qatar, Qatar airport was amazing though. I was actually thinking I might do some podcast episodes about the different cities I was visiting while I was in Europe and kind of my experience in each of them. I make these, I've been making these little postcard videos on my other channel that I have. It's called Terina Choi, T-E-R-I-N-A space C-H-O-I. If you are wanting to go check that out. And basically I made like these little itty bitty videos. Like most of them are like under a minute and I'm still making them from our Europe trip, but I haven't really gone in depth about my experience in each of the cities that we went to while we were in Europe. I thought that might be a fun little podcast idea. So let me know if that's something you guys would be interested in hearing. All like 16 of you, but still. <laughs> let me know if that's something you'd be interested in. Because I did have a really interesting time in Europe because I didn't think that I was all that interested in Europe. Um, I love traveling to Asian countries. I feel very comfortable there. I enjoy Asian food so much. And I don't know, Asia has always been a place that I've always wanted to go to. And although I have been like, yeah, I want to go to Europe sometime, it's never been that high on my travel list. It's always been significantly lower. Um, basically, all the Asian countries come before Europe. And our friend got married in Newcastle so we use that as an excuse to go to Europe and I definitely want to go back to Europe because I had such an experience there so if you guys want to me to do like I don't know individual podcasts on each of the cities that I went to let me know I think that would be quite a fun thing you know what regardless I probably will do it <laughs> even if you guys don't tell me that you want to see that I probably will still make it but yeah, I 
am so excited to be making a second episode. I hope that you guys have enjoyed listening to this. And if you have made it all the way to the end, I am so grateful for you. <laughs> I didn't know what to say, but I'm, I am. I'm, I'm genuinely very grateful for you for listening all the way through. I don't know if this has been helpful <laughs> or if this was even needed. Maybe people are like, why are you making a podcast about this? We do not care. Well, it's because I love you and I wanted to share my tips with you all. But that is going to be it for today. Thank you so much for making it to the end of episode two. I'm excited to make a few more episodes. I also want to eventually start bringing on guests so that it's not just me that you listen to all the time. Uh, this has been Morning Tea Episode 2. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.